The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now, your host, Bart Walker. Hey, good morning. Welcome into the Action Line from WGNS. We're talking lawns and gardens and maybe a little Christmas this morning. Mitchell Motes with us from the Rutherford County Agricultural Extension Service. Mitchell, good morning to you. Good morning to you, Mr. Bart. How are you? I'm doing great. Are you ready for Christmas? That's Boy, the big I'm, word. I'm raring to go and can't hardly go for raring. Okay. Uh, let me ask you this because this topic came up uh, the other day. I was in a grocery line and somebody came up to me and they were asking about the weather forecast and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I asked them, I said, by the way, uh, have you seen any woolly worms? Trying to see what they had seen. This was just about two days ago. And they said, you know, I haven't seen any woolly worms. No matter what color they are, I haven't seen any of them. Uh, have you had similar feelings uh, to that experiences? Well, I, I can say I have not personally observed uh, very many woolly worms this you, you've led, led a but, sheltered uh, life. Well, uh, you know, maybe they live in a sheltered life, and I can't <laughs> ask so much. I don't know. Uh, but I have seen, uh, I can recall two, uh, maybe this fall. Hmm. But, uh, you know, that's. <clears throat> I also don't typically look for woolly worms, so I don't know. Maybe maybe it's like, uh, you know, trouble. If you look for it, you'll find it. But uh, that's right. I, I don't know. I don't know. So, yeah, there, there may not be... Uh, Maybe the population is not as great this year as it has been in years past. Well, let's. Uh, I was going to say let's grab this phone call, and I was going to ask them about. Okay. Had but they they didn't hold on. Oh, I frightened I, away. I, they didn't see a woolly worm and didn't want to admit it. It's nothing to be ashamed of. That's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, don't, tell don't us uh, with Christmas just a few days away. I mean, we're on the footsteps of Christmas. Well, we are. You can see it from here. And people have their poinsettias sitting around. They have mm-hmm. uh, Christmas cactus and all sorts of beautiful flowers. They do. What should they do to keep them beautiful and, and keep the leaves on the flowers and not on the floors? Well, you know, don't let them dry out too much, especially the poinsettias. Um, you want them to keep the soil moisture level moist, okay, mm-hmm. uh, not, not waterlogged. Um, have, uh, you know, need to get some sunlight and... Uh, the now, when you say some sunlight, put it near the window. Yeah, or? put it uh, either you know near a window or or under good you know direct light, uh, whether it's you know from a, a light fixture, artificial light inside the home. But but they need light. They're a they're a photosynthetic plant, so they they've got to have that light. And sunlight's better than than artificial light, but artificial light's better than none at all. That's true. Um, you don't want to set them close to a um, a, a vent where you have warm air blowing uh, on them on a uh, regular basis because that just uh, tends to dry them out, and, and that can encourage uh, some of that leaf drop that uh, is associated w- with the poinsettias. And also, you don't want to set them, you know, too close to a draft either, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like adjacent to a, a window pane where you've got um, the leaves coming into contact with the glass on the window because it'll transfer a little more cold uh, through there. And, of course, that can cause, you know, some cold damage because they're, you know, the poinsettia is, is a, 
uh, in its its native uh, environment, which it's you know it's native of you know Mexico, South America, and so on. <coughs> it's a perennial plant um, and actually grows wild uh, in the, in those areas and can grow quite large. Uh, it, it, some would call it a uh, a small tree or a large shrub. Uh, you know, when I say a large shrub, <coughs> you know, reportedly uh, reaching heights of 12 feet or so. So it's a uh, uh, but it is a perennial plant, but it's a it's a warm plant. You know, it's a, more of a uh, tropical, subtropical kind of a plant. So it doesn't tolerate cold weather very well at all. And um, it was, oh, well, I think about, oh gosh, 1825 or so. It's hard to remember. It was a long time ago. But uh, uh, when the the poinsettias were introduced into uh, North America, uh, into well, into the United States, they were in North mm-hmm. America, Mexico. The fella, his last name was Poinsett. Um, so that's how it got its name. That's how it's got its name. A fellow, his last name was Poinsett. I don't remember the, his first name. He was the, an ambassador, a U.S. ambassador to, to Mexico. And, you know, the way the story goes, he was, and he was also a, a, a pretty good, uh, uh, pretty knowledgeable amateur botanist. And he was just out walking, uh, you know, viewing the countryside. And he came across these plants that uh, he thought they looked mighty pretty. And so he took some cuttings, and he was uh, uh, he, he had a he had a home back in South Carolina, and where he had a greenhouse. So he the story is he collected some cuttings from what became the poinsettias that we know today, and sent those back to uh, his greenhouse uh, for them to be propagated, and he. Uh, uh, started to, to grow those plants there and he shared them with some of his friends and and one of the folks he shared them with was uh oh, and I can't recall his name but he was a uh, an influential botanist at that time in the United States and uh, that gentleman then was I guess he's credited with introducing the poinsettia to the uh, to the to, uh, to the garden center trade you know to the to, to the nursery growers and whatnot so they started growing those because you know they could grow them in that uh, uh, in that season of winter when you know they didn't have a lot of flowers to choose from, I guess, and so it, it, they grew in popularity. Uh, at, at the time they were brought to, to the United States, they went by their Latin name. It's a great big long name. I won't even try to pronounce it for you. But uh, at some point after they they came here, they were renamed Poinsettia in uh, honor of Mr. Poinsett who, who brought them here. So that's kind of that's kind of where they came from. You know, they had a uh, they've had a reputation uh, over the years of of being a, a poison plant. But uh, I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, now it it's not an edible plant. You know, it's it's not something you ought to go out and eat. But it, it's not. Uh, you know, it 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 has. It has a sap, a kind of a milky sap uh, that, that can be irrit- it can cause irritation uh, to people, but uh, you know it's not a it's not a deadly Won't poison. Kill you. No, yeah. it's not a deadly poison. Well, you know, I mean, some people can die from eating peanuts if they're sure. allergic to yeah. it. So I guess if you had a, a particular allergy to to poinsettia, then that you definitely don't want to eat it. And again, it's not an edible plant, and it's not you know meant to be consumed by people or by pets, but. Uh, was it 1825? You said 1825, about uh, when it when it first was introduced. So when he brought it over here, he was the ambassador to Mexico. Ambassador to Mexico, as I understand. So, so he brought it over here, and and here's this plant that was uh, almost a tree size down in Mexico. Growing he brought native, it yeah, and had green leaves. It only has red leaves if you put it 
in a dark place well, for it a has, period. Well, it has to have the right photo period. You know, it's got to have a, a period of darkness followed by, you know, the correct amount of light. So it's very light-dependent uh, in, in order for those uh, uh, colors to emerge from uh, the poinsettia. How did he come about discovering that you put it in darkness for so many months Oh, I mean, he just I'll just leave it here in this closet and wow. Uh, you know, maybe it was an accident. I, I, <laughs> I don't know the details as to how uh, they came about, how how they learned what the uh, you know what the propagation, what 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 the the care cycle was for them. I don't I don't know that. So, Mr. Poinsett. Mr. Poinsett, yeah. The ambassador to Mexico from the United States yep. is the one we have to credit. He, he's credited, and, and gosh, the, I, boy, I read something somewhere that. You know, the the sale of poinsettia still accounts oh, for right. a huge uh, chunk of the uh, the flower market uh, uh, here in the United States. Very definitely. Uh, here's a listener who uh, says she has a living Christmas tree, has plans to plant it, has a ball and everything on it. We She said we've had it in the house for about four days already. When should we take it out? Take it, for, put it back outside. Yeah, she said it's in there. Four, been there four days. As soon as you know, as soon as Christmas is over, take it outside. Don't leave it. Don't tarry on that one. Yeah, you don't. You don't want to. I mean, it's it. it I, the sooner you get it out, the better it's going to be. And uh, because it has been inside uh, for a few days, four days, so you know it, it has become somewhat acclimated to indoor conditions, I guess. Mm-hmm. And you know, fortunately, right now we're we're not in you know severely cold weather as we were uh, christmas a year ago christmas season a year ago but even with that um, um you know the idea the, the recommendation is with a living tree <coughs> that you, you transition it from the end from the outside to the inside by you know by, by moving it into uh, a, a sheltered space but not not a heated space you know mm-hmm. like a garage uh just to okay it's, it's it's a little warmer in here and we're not exposed to the wind we're not exposed to frost and so on at night like we would be outside and then you know for a couple of days there and then into the house which is a much warmer uh environment with with less light and so on and then kind of the reverse is true for taking it outside but just as soon as just as soon as Christmas is over and, and, and the, you know, the weather is, is suitable for doing that, and by that I mean it's not, you know, it's not storming, it's not raining, anything like that. You want to uh, take it back outside and uh, get that thing in the ground because it'll, uh, it'll do much better, you know, in, in the ground than it will sitting in the house. Now, if it takes a few days after Christmas, I mean, that's fine. Uh, it'll be okay, but you don't want to tarry too long. Get it back out there as soon as you can. And, you know, decide where you want to put it first. Uh, uh, get get the hole dug, or at least get it started good uh, before you bring it out there uh, to put in the uh, to put in the uh, the ground forever, and uh, you know make sure that you take into account what the mature size of this thing is going to be. Uh, so so you know you want to to make sure that you're not planting it too close uh, to a structure where it's going to grow into a, you know an outbuilding or grow into the house or 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 crowd the neighbor's fence too much or grow into a power line. So keep that in mind as you uh, choose the location to, uh, for this thing to hopefully live for a long long time to come. Very good. Here's a listener who says they uh, lived here in Murfreesboro for quite a few years now. And they uh, grew up near Dixon, Tennessee, which not too far away. Not far. But they uh, wanted to let their children have the experience of climbing a cherry tree and picking cherries. They said they did that as a child and thoroughly enjoyed it and have fond memories of that. When should they plant a cherry tree? 
And are there particular types that seem to grow better here than others? Yeah, so when, when should you plant a cherry tree? Uh, fall is a good time to plant trees, but also early spring is a good time to plant fruit trees. So, uh, you know, you're going to have to locate one uh, in order to do that. And you probably will have maybe a greater selection at some of the retail uh, uh, nurseries uh, in the, the Warren County, McMillville area that, that grow uh, those trees. How would we you find out which one grows? Well, I, so that's 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 the second part of this. Um, if uh, uh, if if the 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 writer, the listener, if they would uh, give me a call or or an email at the Extension Service Office, the phone number is six one five eight nine eight seven seven one zero, or send me an email message at m m o t e one at u t k dot e d u. That's m m o t one at utk.edu and I can send you a, a, a little fact sheet of publication that has uh, some uh, recommended fruit varieties for uh, folks here in Tennessee uh, to consider growing. Um, you know the, the thing to keep in mind about cherry trees is that in our environment and this this is true for the ornamental as well as the, the fruit bearing uh, cherry trees you know, they're, they're not known to be a long-lived tree uh, for us. And when I say a long-lived, you know, if you can get 15, 20 years, that's often pretty good uh, just because the environment uh, uh, is not, you know, as favorable for them maybe as uh, higher elevations, a little cooler temperature, a little lower humidity. Uh, but, but, yeah, you can, you can certainly have one for a number of years uh, uh, if you'll, if you'll uh, you know, take care of it and just, you know, plant it, plant it right. Um, make a good hole, dig a good hole for it. Uh, if it's a, uh, regardless whether it's a ball and burlap or if it's a container grown tree, you know, the hole for the tree, uh, it, it needs to be larger than the root ball. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in a, in, a, in a perfect world, you like to have it somewhere in that two to three times the, the width of the existing root ball. Uh, from a depth standpoint, you know, it needs to be at the same depth that's been growing its entire life up to that point. You don't want to plant it any deeper than it uh, uh, than it was if it's a field-grown plant. If it's a ball and burlap where it's dug out of the field, you don't want to plant it any deeper than it was growing in the field itself. If it's a container-produced plant, you don't want to set that uh, top of that root ball that you pull out of the container down, uh, you know, below the soil surface. Uh, in if you had to choose between going a little deeper, a little uh, more shallow, then you you would err on the side of going a little more shallow. Maybe set it an inch or two higher uh, than it was uh, in, the, in the previous growing location. Do they grow pretty big, good size? Well, I mean, they do they grow pretty big. Um, they are not going to be, you know, the fruiting cherries are, are not, they, they don't make, they're not like the wild cherries, you know, like the black cherries that grow that, that uh, you know, make very large trees. They're going to be more in size with what uh, folks think about, uh, you know, modern peach trees, I guess. Uh, not uh, real uh, big. Modern yeah. apple trees, more of a, you know, a small tree uh, than, a, than a really big tree. Um, but, you know, now the the wild cherries, you know, just the native cherry trees that grow around and the, the seeds get scattered by birds and whatnot, you know, those can grow into and make a really uh, a large tree. But in the, in the, there's those ones you're going to get cherry wood from and whatnot when uh, um, uh, when those are cut down and, and milled. But the, the fruiting cherries are not going to make a, a re- really large tree. Okay. So if we have a warm spell over the next few weeks this is an okay time to yeah, put it well, out. you know fall 
when the ground's not frozen, you you can you can put one in the ground. Uh, I, I said warm spell because I I figure people don't want to suffer while they're outside. No, no, and I wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't encourage you to do that at all. And uh, you know if uh, even when you plant one in the in the the late fall, I mean technically, you know we're we're still in the fall. Uh, well, no, I guess we had the winter. We're do, we're yeah, in yeah, the right past now. day or yeah, two. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're, we're day. a day into winter. We're a yeah. day into winter. Um, you, a thing to remember is that, you know, those, those, those plants are going to need water, okay? And if you don't have rainfall uh, on a consistent basis, then even though the plant may be dormant but the, above ground, but I mean, the roots are still trying to grow, and that's the point of, of planting them while they're dormant so that uh, it, the, the, the plant can focus more on root development, root growth in its new home uh, instead of trying to grow roots and trying to grow, you know, leaves and foliage and whatnot uh, above ground at the same time. But the roots have got to have water. So if, if we go, you know, a week, 10 days without, uh, uh, without any rainfall, even, even though it is, uh, you know, wintertime, you want to think about watering those newly transplanted trees. So that's important to to put plenty of water on there. Sure, I mean. So that's, if you that's plant the, the Christmas tree, process. the same thing is true if it's a Christmas tree. Whatever the case, you know, when you plant the tree, you know, you dig the hole and you get it the right depth and the right width, and then you start to backfill with that native soil. And that's what you backfill with is the native soil, uh, because that tree has got to put roots out way beyond the the width the diameter of that hole that you dug out into that you know undisturbed native ground if it's going to uh, have a significant root system to carry it through you know its life cycle and hopefully for a long time so the it's not a good idea to to take lots of amendments like a a organic matter compost etc and put mix in with the native soil that you're backfilling that hole with if you know the dirt you take out of the ground when you dig the hole is the dirt you put back in the ground when you fill it after you've got the tree in there. But as you're going through that filling process, you know you, you're going to add some soil and then put some water to help settle that soil down and and, and uh, uh, you know help it settle and take out any air pockets uh, that sort of thing. And you do that as you fill the hole uh, so that it helps the soil to settle. So it's got a good you know moist environment to grow in. You don't want to drown it, okay? But enough water to to settle that soil down. Add some more soil and settle it. You know, add a little more water to settle that soil again. Uh, and and then you know after you get it in the ground, we go through little dry spells in the winter time. You know. We, we're, the ground is not super wet right now uh, from, a, uh, from a moisture standpoint. You know, we still have a deficit for the year uh, thanks to that dry spell that initiated there in that middle of the latter part of August. And, you know, it, it's better now than it was. You know, we have had some rains here in the last few weeks. But the ground's not super wet, so those newly transplanted trees, regardless if they're a, you know, a, a Christmas tree you put out after the holiday, uh, whether it's a, an ornamental tree uh, that you set out this fall, this early winter time frame, during the dry periods in the winter, they need water. Mitchell Moat is our guest this morning. He's from the Rutherford County Agricultural Extension Service. We're going to pause and check on the traffic and weather. We'll be right back and take more of your questions about lawns and gardens and Christmas plants. Stay with us. Middle Tennessee football and basketball games are right here. This is Chip Walters on Rutherford County's Blue Raider Station. MTSU Sports on WGNS. 
Broadcasting from the Middle Tennessee Electric Studios, MTE Sharing Change has now donated more than $11 million to local nonprofits, assisting worthy causes in our community. MTE, serving to make life better since 1936. This is Peter Demas from Demas's Restaurant. Our family wants to wish you a Merry Christmas. Christmas is about an incredible act of love to be treasured every day of the year. It's about the sacrifice that God made for us sending His Son to this world as a man to redeem us from our sins. In Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 11, the angels proclaimed, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Merry Christmas from Demas's Restaurant. This is Amanda at Animal City, inviting your family to come shop with my family here at 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. We have a variety of toys to offer the necessary enrichment for almost any type of pet. Whether you're looking for a climbing tower for your ornamental shrimp, something to keep your hedgehog happy, or a kitty condo, you can find it here at Animal City. We carry products to make your life with pets easier. Come check them out at Animal City. Animal City, 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Good morning. This car remains on its top over here in Bordeaux. They're trying to flip it back over on Ashland City Highway right at Briley Parkway. It's not causing too much of a delay, but nonetheless, there's still some flashing lights over here. 24 still has some volume westbound trying to get up through the Hickory Hollow area coming in from Rutherford County, Murfreesboro towards Nashville. It's still slow 65 south down through Millersville. Hey, 24-7 reliable crane and rigging services here in Middle Tennessee. It's Tomahawk Crane and Rigging. They're online at TomahawkCrane.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. We'll see partial sunshine developing here this afternoon, high in the mid-50s. Winds out of the southwest at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, decreasing clouds, a low of 30. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 29. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Did you know we specialize in commercial and fleet business? We're equipped to handle all of your company's automotive needs. Download our Tire World app today for free oil changes and electronic coupons. Come by today for all of your automotive needs. Online at tireworld.us. If you have something to buy, sell, or trade, call me. Weekday mornings at 7.50 for Swap and Shop. WGNS, AM, FM, and online. We're back, and Christmas is just a few days away. Are you ready? <laughs> I hope you are, anyway. And I want to say happy birthday to Star Taylor, the winner this morning of our Slick Pig Barbecue Birthday Club, winning that delicious banana pudding. Star Taylor, happy birthday to you. Our good neighbor of the day is Kyle Mason, and the person who nominated Kyle said... He's always a friend to help you when you need help. He's always there. Kyle Mason. Kyle receives flowers from Jenny Harrison and the family at Ryan Flowers Coffee and Gifts, 717 South Academy Street. Go by and see Jenny and let the family there at Ryan's Flowers Coffee and Gifts help you with some wonderful Christmas gifts. Our number is 615-893-1450. If you have a question dealing with lawns and gardens, Mitchell Boat is here, and he's from the Rutherford County Agricultural Extension Service, here to answer your question. We have a Christmas gift question now. This is a lady who's saying her husband has gotten very interested in gardens. He is into it 100%, and she thought about getting him some uh, garden tools and things of that sort, along with uh, one of your 
checks of the soil. Uh, how long would it take to get that? And do you have something that she could wrap up and give him? How long does it take to get uh, the soil, soil test, test back? Mm-hmm. Um, it, the soil test results, uh, uh, it doesn't take them long to test at all. Uh, the, the goal, you know, the stated goal of the, the soil lab uh, is uh, uh, from the time they receive the sample. If, if the sample is, uh, uh, is not too wet when they get it, then their goal is to have it tested and results back within two, or results sent out within two days. Um, as far as, uh, uh, and again, that's from the time it re- it, the lab receives it. And there's, you know, there's different ways to get it to the lab. I mean, anybody can, uh, you know, collect the soil sample. They can package it up, and they can, they can send it to the lab. You know, you can send it via the mail. You can send it, to, you know, UPS, whatever. Uh, or, or you can hand deliver it. You know, the lab is located on the, the, the campus there of Ellington Agricultural Center in Nashville, uh, which is, you know, just off of uh, Edmondson Pike, you know, down Nolan's Road off Edmondson Pike. So it's not terribly far away, uh, if you don't mind driving to Nashville, if you want to get it there in a hurry. Uh, and they're, you know, Monday through Friday, uh, 8 to 4.30. But... We, since we are a part of the University of Tennessee, we follow uh, the university closing schedule for, for holidays and whatnot. So today is, is the last day that, that the university is open. Uh, and, and so the, the extension offices and, uh, uh, you know, associated uh, facilities will be closed uh, beginning tomorrow uh, and, and return on January 2nd. That's that's the winter break. So, you know, kind of keep that in mind. Uh, you could come by, as far as a certificate or something like that, you could come by the Extension Service office and, you know, you could pick up, uh, and our office is located at Agri Park at 315 John R. Rice Boulevard, Suite 101. You come in there today, uh, pick up a soil test box and a soil test information sheet that, that you could wrap up, uh, you know, in, a, in an envelope or a small container. And I say in an envelope because the soil test box, you, you, you get it flat, you know. It's oh, okay. So okay. You, then it's, you know, like buying a, you know, a gift wrap box, uh, you know, for a, for a gift. You, 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 you straighten it out, you know, you, you, you fill it out, you, you unfold it. Okay, and then, you know, put the tabs together and whatnot. So it can be placed in a large envelope or you can put it in a small box so that it physically have something to open. Uh, so that would be my suggestion to get it into their hands, you know, the, the quickest. Now, if you cannot get to the office to pick that up today, you can also, uh, if nothing else, you can go online to uh, just Google the UT Soil Plant and Pest Center. Uh, and and it'll take you uh, uh, it'll it'll help you get to the web page there and then under uh, you know soil test information you can uh, download the uh, uh, the soil test information sheet that has to be filled out and accompany every soil test that goes in the lab that's got you know your information uh, uh, about where you are and 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 how to get the the soil te- who to, who to return the soil test results to how to return them to you whether it's over. Uh, email or whether it's you know U.S. mail, whatever, uh, and also information about the crop you're going to grow, so that they'll come back with a, a fertilizer recommendation you know that's suitable for what you're trying to do, and uh, uh, also you can uh, you know download a. Um, uh, a, a direction sheet how to uh, that, that takes you walks you through the steps of how to collect a good soil sample. So I mean you can print those off at home and, and then put those uh, uh, you know in a uh, an envelope with a card or a card with an envelope to so they'll have something to open. So that's a couple of options there. Very good. So you can get come by the ag center. 
Do it today. Yep, Last do it today. day. Do it today. They close, uh, what? 4.30. Do it before 4.30 today. Yep. Otherwise, it'll be in the new and, year. And, you know, CNS today is going to be the last day before the holiday. 4.31, it'll probably, <laughs> that door will probably be closed, <laughs> would be my guess. So head over there, get it, and uh, you'll be A-OK. Yeah, you'll, you'll be ahead of the things. All righty. Uh, here's a person who says they've lived in their house for about 17 years and haven't done too much with the bushes. They're right up some of them to the roof line. <laughs> I can picture that. Uh, they're thinking it might be best just to take those out and start over again because uh, it's it's not the look that they were looking for. Yeah, So uh, and they might be right, mm-hmm. uh, depending on, on what, what they are. Um, a lot of... Uh, uh, Especially the broadleaf, uh, uh, and, and I don't know if these are evergreen or not. You know, they, they don't say. Is what is better? Is there a better, or is it just your choice? Oh, it's choice. You know, okay. What's better? One's... Probably, probably a combination. Uh, if you want to put a definition of better or, or best, you know, a combination because you got diversity and you have, you know, just a. Um, different uh, appearances and textures and so on so a combination of uh, you know evergreen and deciduous uh, or, or, or not not just evergreen but but needleleaf evergreen versus mm-hmm. broadleaf evergreen uh, uh, along with maybe you know some deciduous in there just again what your taste is but if uh, uh, depending on the plant um, uh, some can like, like for example boxwoods you know boxwoods can be cut back um, heavily uh, um, even uh, if they're way up there. Yeah, yeah, even if they're way up there. Do they get up to the roof height? Oh, I mean, boxwoods probably are not going to. Uh, it no. take a long time for them to get that yeah. big. Yeah. But, you know, for example, uh, something else that could, you know, Eliagnus is one that can grow uh, very large like that. Some hollies can get that large. Um, oh, shoot, uh, the laurels, you know, so many, the, the ones that all got killed last Christmas mm-hmm. uh, from mm-hmm. the, uh, from that Christmas, so what was it, the day before Christmas, the 23rd, 22nd, right. 23rd. Did they when, ever come back? You know, boy, lots of them have, a lot of them have, but they came back from the root, and, and that was the point. You can cut, because those plants have been growing there for a long time, and they've got a very well-established root system, so uh, you go back uh, uh, and, and cut them back down close to ground level and you're going to get a lot of regeneration back from the roots now is it better to do that uh, or or you know take them out entirely well again it's a matter of opinion because you know you take them back down to the ground well, they're going to be kind of ugly because you got just these stobs basically sticking out of the ground where you you know they don't have any foliage on them or anything they're just those just bare uh, uh small trunks you know little little shrub trunks little tree trunks sticking out of the ground until they start putting out that new growth um if it's some of the needle uh leaf evergreens they some of those don't don't produce new buds and so on down here low in the plant and so it's not advisable to cut them down that low so again it just depends on uh, uh, on what the species is but uh, a, lo- a lot of those shrubs can be cut back pretty severely uh, and that's and that's referred to as a you know a rejuvenation pruning you know you let them get overgrown uh, and so you're going to take them back to the ground and basically you're letting them start all over again but you're starting with the advantage of having an established root system for them to grow from it's already in that ground and uh it's it's not like you're planting a new plant that's got to establish a root system and then take off and start growing above ground. So when you say take it down to the ground, 
You don't mean to earth level. I'm talking like down, you know, six inches. Oh, six, uh, six okay. inches above the surface. Okay. Uh, down in that in that neighborhood. All right. And I mean, you could go twelve inches or whatnot, but you can go pretty darn low with them. Uh, but again, you're going to have these little miniature hat racks sticking up out of the ground for a while. And how, how long does it take? Because that's going to look pretty rough for a while. It will. It will look pretty rough. And uh, now, amazingly enough. Uh, uh, I, I go back to the to the laurels because I think every laurel in Middle Tennessee was was damaged pretty severely uh, by the, the December freeze of 2022. Um, you know, it's it's taken them all year to do it since then, but but some of them, you know, they probably put 12, 14 inches of new growth back mm-hmm. on this year. Some well, if you might. plant some new ones, uh, they're going to take a while to look normal too. Well, they're they're going to take a while to grow back. You know, to the side. In, in all honesty, a smaller plant. Uh, if you if you're going to plant new ones, you know, if you plant, uh, you know, you can get them in various sizes. You know, like container sizes. One gallon plants. That's about as small as I guess you're going to go buying from nurseries. But then, you know, five gallon containers. They're a you know a bigger root ball. Typically going to be a taller plant. <clears throat> but gosh, the, the the smaller plants are going to be more economical to purchase. Mm-hmm. They're, mm-hmm. they're just not as expensive to purchase. And in all likelihood. Within a couple of uh, growing seasons, those smaller, let's say you plant gallon-sized plants versus five-gallon plants in a couple of growing seasons, they will be, the, those gallon-sized plants are very likely to be as large as the five-gallon plants would have been up to that point. They, they typically will, will catch up and grow a little bit faster. But it, again, it's, you know, part of it has to do with the species that you're talking about and then what you're, you know, what, can you stand it? You know, can you stand to look at it uh, until it does start growing and look better again? But you're saying if you take it down to that point, an existing shrub, take mm-hmm. it down, to, yep. you're going to be better off because you have a stronger existing you, you, root you system. You have an advantage over uh, a new plant because that root system is in the ground. It's been there, for, in this case, 17 years. Uh, and, and so it's, it, you know, it should have had uh, that 17 years to be growing and producing and, you know, storing energy in there and whatnot. Uh, so it does not have to grow a root system before it can begin growing above ground. So when the growing season, uh, you know, returns, then it's ready to start growing above ground. Now, I wouldn't suggest doing it right now, cutting it back that severely because you're opening up lots and lots of, of large wounds that aren't going to heal because the plant's not growing right now. I would instead, uh, let, let's, let's aim for, you know, the latter part of February up through the middle part of March, kind of in that late winter time frame, early spring time frame, when uh, the majority of these plants are ready to initiate new seasons of growth. So, boom, it's ready to start growing and start healing those wounds over so you don't have a, uh, exposed wounds for a really long period of time. All right. Uh, but again, it depends on the plant. You know, if it's going to be a needle leaf evergreen, uh, you, you might want to uh, you might want to check into that before you start whacking it down the ground. Uh, it may not it may not rejuvenate. Uh, but uh, you know, the broadleaf the broadleafs are, are are more uh, they have a they they will typically do that. They will typically regrow. Learn something new, right well, good. there. Good. Our phone number six one five eight nine three fourteen fifty. And you can talk or text, whichever you prefer, on that one number, 615-893-1450. Mitchell Motes with us. He is answering your questions about lawns and gardens, so uh, send them on in, 615-893-1450. And this person uh, is saying that they're wanting to plant some trees that would give them some shade 
and could grow fairly quickly. What would you suggest? Oh, there are a lot of options. Uh, You know, how much space do you need or how much space do you have? Uh, Fast-growing trees. You know, they're... um, I mean, there are just really a lot of choices out there. Folks think about, very often they'll think about oak trees being slow to grow. Well, not necessarily. You know, not necessarily. Uh, You think about pin oak trees, you know, red oaks. uh, uh, They grow pretty darn fast. Some of the, uh, like the, uh, 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 oh gosh, it just just went out of my head. Um, That happens to me a lot. It does, it does. (laughs) I mean, it's it's white oak species. It's not not one of the red oak species, but it's white oak species. But uh, uh, like a... Well, shoot, maybe I'll think of it in a minute. But we'll we'll go further, though. So you could go with, uh, you know, some of the, like like a sugar maple. Uh, Those trees grow fast. Uh, But they can get very large. So do you have enough space for one that's going to grow that large? Um, You think about, uh, you know, lace bark elm. That's a smaller tree. Uh, The mature size is not going to be, you know, 75 or 80 feet. It's going to be more in that 30 feet tall range. But it... You know, branches out very well. They grow pretty fast. Uh, they're smaller leaves. Uh, they can still provide a lot of shade because you've got a dense canopy. Um, uh, and, and, you know, a thing that, to remember, you plant trees, deciduous trees, they're going to drop those leaves. You know, the bigger they are, the bigger the leaves are, then the more raking and whatnot you have to do uh, uh, to manage the leaves. So, so smaller leaves uh, or trees with smaller leaves can sometimes uh, maybe have an advantage because it's just easier to deal with, uh, with the leaves when they do start dropping off. But, uh, you know, that, that's another option. If you, have, uh, you know, if you have the room for it, if you want just a really kind of a majestic spreading tree, um, a sycamore tree. Yes. Okay. I mean, it gets really big. Uh, is that the root system too? Yeah, the roots. You know, typically the root system is going to expand, extend uh, a good distance beyond the furthest reaching limb. So if this thing, you know, if you measure from one side to the other across the diameter, and this the and you 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 measured from the you know the the tip of the furthest reaching limb on the left side, the tip of the furthest reaching limb on the right side, and say it's sixty feet. Okay. Well, then you got to figure that that root system is going to go out a good bit past that assuming there's enough room for it to grow that far in the first place but uh, a thing about a sycamore is that uh, you know it does produce a, a a seed pod that's going to drop and you know so it's it's not as it, it's not as a, a big an obstacle i guess uh, when you're when you're working in the yard mowing the grass and whatnot as say black walnuts are when they're dropping off the walnut trees but that, you know, if you've got it planted uh, near enough and this thing reaches over, it's dropping on the driveway, dropping on the sidewalks, and you've got debris out there, you know, during that time of year. That's something to keep in mind. But uh, basswood trees, you know, linden trees, uh, they're, they're just a lot of good ones. And I'll tell you what, if uh, if you were to go, say, to the to the UTHort.com website, and uh, there uh, we just have a... a a ton of different resources on that website, uthort.com, and you can find uh, 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 publications that have, you know, recommended trees of uh, of, of large size trees, smaller size, medium size trees that you might consider planting, you know, in your landscape. Uh, do you want color in the fall of the year? Uh, so if that's the case and you're thinking about deciduous trees, you know, some uh, uh, like, like the maples, like, uh, uh, you know, they, they have a lot of good color. Um, you know, that's just an example. So it, it kind of depends on just what your ultimate goal is. But there are a lot of good choices as far as trees are concerned. 
Good morning. You're on WGNS with Mitchell Moat. How are you today? Good morning. Hi. Um, I have a question about sodding my yard. Uh, I have a lot of areas in my yard that really need uh, <clears throat> more grass, and I'm thinking that maybe seeds won't be as good. And I just wonder what uh, time, maybe before spring, or to sod these places. Uh, and uh, I'll just hang up and listen to your uh, response. Well, Thank you. Uh, well, before you hang up, before you hang up, what uh-huh. what kind of grass are you growing in in the yard now? Hmm. Oh well, I'm not sure because we moved when we moved here. We didn't do uh, much of any seeding or anything, and uh, okay. I'm wanting maybe some tall fescue or something. Okay. Because I have a lot of trees, a lot of oaks. <laughs> All right. All and right. Uh, <clears throat> so that's really what I I want something that uh, I don't know about Bermuda grass, but uh, okay. Well, maybe, Bermuda grass, Bermuda grass is not a good shade. Uh, option because it, yeah. it really needs a lot of sunlight so uh you're looking at a cool season grass and uh, the the shade is going to is, i mean it's going to pose you know some some obstacles to overcome uh because there's some areas if they just don't get enough sunlight are not going to provide they're not going to grow grass simply because there's not enough sunlight yeah. to do that but in the shadiest areas you know, probably, you know, to make a short answer out of this, you're probably looking at a, 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 a fescue mixture of some tall fescue with some fine fescues mixed in with it. Uh, because the fine fescues like creeping red fescue, hard fescue, uh, uh, chewing's fescue will tolerate more shade. They need some shade. So a, a, a mixture of those, uh, uh, tall fescue and fine fescues, might be uh, the better choice for you. Now, from a sod standpoint, you know, those cool season grasses, uh, probably early, early spring, late winter uh, would be the, the, the next best opportunity to uh, have sod installed. You don't want to do it in the heat of the year. Uh, fall is an excellent time uh, to have uh, sod installed, your cool season sod. But, uh, you know, if you, if you don't get it done in the fall, then your, your second best time is going to be in that uh, very late winter, early spring time frame. Okay, well, that sounds good. I just was wondering because I don't want to spend money on sod and then have it die <laughs> sure sure and and you know you, you might think about you might think about uh, uh potential you know consider you know some some seed mixtures uh for the the, the heavier shaded areas uh because it's going to be I, I don't know that you're going to find a sod that is a, a combination of both fine fescue and tall fescue they typically don't grow that as as a sod okay they, they they'll grow one or the other but not not the two in combination so it may be in order to get those fine fescues that you'd prefer for the shade the more heavier shaded areas that you are going to have to uh, plant some seed to do that well i appreciate it thank you so much yes ma'am thanks for calling good luck to you and let us know how that goes Mitchell Moat is our guest. We will be right back. Stay with us. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. CapstarBank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. 
Hi, this is Tina Fox of the Rutherford Farmers Co-op. Please come shop with us for all your Christmas gift needs. We have wonderful gift ideas in our gift department, and we have a great selection of Carhartt clothing and other fashion clothes. We also, in our pet and bird section, have everything you need for your feathered and furry friends. Come see us at the Rutherford Farmers Co-op. You won't believe what you'll find at the co-op. 985 Middle Tennessee Boulevard, just off of South Church. The Rutherford Farmers Co-op. Please come see us. We're News Radio WGNS 100.5, 101.9, 1450. Online and on your phone at WGNSRadio.com. Mitchell Moat is our guest from the Rutherford County Agricultural Extension Service. Before we leave you this morning, Mitchell, there are bound to be some special events coming up in the new year. Share with us some of those. You know, springtime, the winter and the spring is when we really offer a lot of our programs, and, and 2024 is no exception to that. Uh, a couple of things that folks might want to take note of, excuse me, for area livestock producers, uh, beginning on January 29th, is the, uh, the, the Livestock and Forages Winter Meeting Series. Uh, those uh, are going to be on Monday nights, uh, 6 p.m., uh, with, with uh, uh, one uh, and then there's one day, it's an all-day session on Saturday, uh, a live hands-on kind of a session. If any livestock producers are interested uh, in attending things like that, especially if they need uh, Master Beef Producer Certification, they can enroll and get that credit through that. Uh, just contact Rebecca Norman at the Extension Service Office for registration details. Um, in uh, early uh, in February, uh, we have our Lawn and Landscape Weed Science class. Uh, that's a free event covers different weed types, identification, tools, and control strategies for lawns and landscapes. Um, on the uh, uh, 27th of February, we have moles, voles, and armadillos. Talking about those critters that do that digging in your yard, uh, kind of their characteristics, uh, realistic control measures that are available for homeowners uh, to try to minimize uh, and reduce the damage that they see from those in their lawns and landscapes. And something we're kind of excited about this year begins in March, and this is a five-session uh, five event. We're calling our Vegetable Garden Boot Camp, and uh, there, there's going to be a limited number of uh, spaces for this, about 20 different 20 people. We have room for 20 people, but uh, this is for brand-new gardeners or, or folks that are wanting to get into vegetable gardening. Uh, we're going to have some classroom time, but we're going to plant a garden. And uh, uh, there at the, on the side at Lane Agri Park, uh, again, it starts in March. Uh, that's, again, that's a free event, uh, no, no charge for participating in that. But if folks are interested in those or any other of the uh, upcoming sessions we have scheduled uh, here at the Extension Service Office in Murfreesboro, you can, check out, uh, uh, you can check out our website, check the calendar of events there, or also you know, it, uh, subscribe to our monthly email newsletter that has information about those events that are coming out uh, on a monthly basis. Uh, uh, what what's coming up next month? What uh, you know? How do you register for those? That sort of thing. But uh, you know, folks that are interested in doing some work around their lawn or the landscape, a lot of opportunities uh, to get some training, some education on those uh, related topics are going to be available for you through the local extension service office in 2024. And again, we remind you that uh, today is the last day that you'll be the open last day the office will be open uh, we follow the university of tennessee closing schedule for the winter holiday so we'll uh, uh, beginning tomorrow uh, the extension service office will be closed and we'll return on january the second all righty well mitchell we hope you and your family have a wonderful merry christmas bart that's a great wish and i hope the same for you and yours thank you thank you so much mitchell Mote, our guest this morning from the rutherford county agricultural extension service stay with us much more to come right here on your good neighbor station.